Okay, Hebra, thank you so much for joining and tuning in to continue our Limud Vesiyat Rishmai of Sefer Sicha Saran. We are up to Sicha Nun Aleph, and we're trying to make headway piece by piece, word by word, letter by letter, as we make our, our way and we journey through this incredibly foundational presentation of Rabbi Nachman's wisdom and practical advice, which, like we mentioned at the outset of this piece, was given over Shavuos night, the foundation for the Torah, the receptacle within which the Torah is able to settle in a healthy way. And tonight, similarly, we're going to move just a little bit, a little bit further, one more line, but we're going to get Be'ezer Hashem into the sources and other areas of Breslov uh, teachings to try to get to the depth of this very, very important fundamental and really deep, even though it's all about simplicity, but it's very deep. This very, very deep uh, concept and this very deep idea. So without further ado, and of course, we're thanking all of you for joining. And I think Rabbi Yol gets a mazel tov, if I'm not mistaken. So mazel tov, mazel tov, you should see much nachas, Be'ezer Hashem. should bring a lot of light into your home. So, we should only share simchas together, all of us. We should only hear besuras tovis, Be'ezer Hashem. So we're going to share our screen and we will jump into it with Hashem's help. Okay, Sicha Saran Nun Aleph, and this is part, it really should say E, actually. This is the fifth part in our series on Sicha Saran um, Nun Aleph. And the Rabbi says like this, Gam Chachmas Enam Klum. Chachmas, sophisticated ideas, Enam Klum. Again, in this realm of clarity that the Rebbe is operating from, this intense place of a zero-sum game with regard to doing Yiddishkeit optimally or not doing Yiddishkeit at all, right? From that place where it's just black and white like that, the Rebbe says, Gam chachmas enim klum. Sophistication is nothing. It's not, that's not the tachlis, that's not the focus, like we spoke about money. It's cute, it's necessary, but that's not what it's, it's, not what it's all about. And Sichon and Aleph, is a sicha devoted to what it's all about. And chachmas are not what it's all about. Rak tmimus upshitas. Rak, chazal tell us, achen verakin mu'atin. The word rak always connotes a miut, always connotes a minimization. And so the Rebbe says, rak, let's come down from chachmas, from complex, sophisticated thoughts, rak, and remind ourselves that the true goal of, like we said, what it's all about is tmimus upshitas. Tmimus literally means wholesomeness, wholeheartedness. We could translate it as sincerity or authenticity, being wholly there, not wholly, H-O-L-Y, right? W-H-O-L-L-Y, I think it's two L's wholly there, to be completely and entirely present. Tamim is something that's complete, without blemish, whole. Tamimus upshitas. Pshitas is, of course, simplicity. That is what it's all about. And so from this place, Chachmas enam klum, 
they are not what it's all about, and therefore nothing at all. Einam klum. Rak tmimus upshitas. And that would be the opposite of klum. Klum is nothing. Rak tmimus upshitas is everything. It's the hepich of it. Gam chachmas enam klum. The word gam, of course, is the opposite of the word rak. Gam means to increase. So gam, the big, fancy, impressive, sophisticated, philosophical engagement with ideas, gam, chachmas, is enam klum, is nothing. Meaning to say, it's completely and entirely external to the focus of what Yiddishkeit is all about. And the flip side is rak tmimus upshitas. Wholesomeness, wholeheartedness, sincerity, authenticity, fullness, being completely and entirely present, upshitas, and simplicity. We're going to get into all of this sources in a minute, Bezer Hashem, that go through, not all of them, because there's so much in Kisvei Breslov on this idea. We're going to get into some of the sources. But before we do that, let's read the end of the line. Which, like I mentioned to you in the past, and I'll say it again, Sichon and Aleph is one of the most important Breslov compositions in the thousands, not tens of thousands of, of pages. In all of Lekutei Alachas and Sichas Aran and Lekutei Maran and Lekutei Eitzes and Lekutei Tfilas and Alam Lechufa and Yemei Shmuel and Yemei Maranat and Koichve Ar, etc., 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 all the breasts of Svarim, Sichon and Aleph is mamish, the essence of the essence of the essence of what Breslov is, the essence. And so, of course, Rabbi Nachman, in his classic style, even though sometimes it's harder to identify, but we always speak about needing to see each teaching from Rabbi Nachman in the context, the broader context of where he discusses this idea elsewhere so that we get the sense of balance that the Rebbe intended to give over, a holistic das. Not just little pieces here and there. It's the same thing with Rav Kook, by the way. It's very easy to take one line out of Shemana Kvatsim, you know, and to, to run with it. But you have to see where Rav Kook spoke about the same thing in other places and at other stages and ages etc., etc., to get the full picture. But if you hear in Sichas Haranun Aleph, because it's so essential, the Rebbe follows up every line with that balance, Mineubei. And Sir Nachman says, again, Gam Chachmazenim Klum, Rak Tmimus Upshitas. But Gam Betmimus Asuliyashaita. But at the same time, that Tmimus Upshitas and the Rak, the minimization, that it implies is the essence of Yiddishkeit and the opposite of klum, which means hakol, is everything. That also can be taken to an unhealthy extreme. And so with all of the simplicity, it is forbidden to be a fool. Not in the name of Breslev. Not in the name of Rabbi Nachman's tmimus which didn't mean ignorance. We're going to speak about what it means. And it didn't mean a lack of due diligence, or like we spoke in previous year, a lack of ishtadlu, stam hefkerus, which Rabbi Nachman speaks about in two paragraphs, which we'll get to probably not next week, but the week after. 
Don't be a fool with your tzmimus. And he brings you back. You don't need sophistication, calculations, very adult-oriented, convoluted kind of thinking. That ain't srichim klal. But at the same time, gam betamimus asuli yashoyta. Now all these things can be true at once. So let's get into what tamimus is and how Reb Nassim describes Rabbi Nachman as having lived this way. That's the beautiful thing about Rabbi Nachman is that you don't get the sense that you're being preached to by somebody who's just trying to you know, twist you into a pretzel. But you get the sense that someone is sharing his soul. Someone is sharing himself. Not advice that he's giving to you, but advice that he only knows because he himself utilized it to enable him to become the person that he was. That's, that's the sense you get from Rabbi Nachman. So when the tzaddik speaks about his spodidus, for example, personal prayer, you get the sense that this is a person who is not just transmitting some lessons about personal prayer that he received from his Rebbe. It was his life. And when Rabbi Nachman speaks about suffering, this was a person who experienced suffering. And of course, the flip side, when Rabbi Nachman speaks about hope, you get the sense that this is a person who utilized those very teachings and pieces of advice to bolster his own experience of ruchnius and spiritual growth. And so let's first take a look at Reb Nassim's description of the tzaddik himself. This is in, it's, it should say, Shivchei uh, Haran, it's missing a V, Shivchei Haran 13, Aysir Gimel. And Reb Nassim writes the follows, and Rabbi Nachman himself engaged in simple avoiders, simple actions, simple activities to serve Hashem Belishim Chachmas without any big, impressive calculations. And everything was very hidden. Everything was very, very private. Nobody knew. As a child, when he would go outside, he would do all sorts of silly things on purpose. Foolishness, right? Foolish things. He would act in a silly way, running around, jumping, doing somersaults. Until it became very, very clear to everybody else that um, this person is just a fool. And this person doesn't want anything with life, for real. That you can't trust what you see. And Breslov is all about, all about flipping everything. And reminding us all the time not to become so arrogant that we think we know what things are when we see them at first glance. Not the world, not the Torah, not another Jew, not Hashem, not current events, not personal circumstances, not our past, present, future. Look beyond. Always look beyond. And Rabbi Nachman embodied this. Because if you and I, I was actually thinking this today. I was driving down the street and I was, no, I was in a taxi today. I was coming back, yeah, I was coming back from a meeting in a taxi and I was looking out the window and I was seeing all these kinds of people walk by. It was 
insane traffic. I don't know. The, tra the traffic in Yerushalayim, it's crazy. You could spend half a day, Mamish, just waiting to get to where you need to go. It's, it's, it's Mamish. Wow, Mamish. But I bless all of you with that traffic. I know in Lakewood they have uh, also traffic, so better have the traffic here. Um, but I'm sitting, I'm looking at the taxi, and I'm seeing people walking by one after another. And I was just thinking to myself, like, I know nothing about these people. I know nothing about these people. I don't know who these people are. I had a number of thoughts that were in a cluster around this idea. Just seeing individuals walk by, one after another. And two of the strong feelings that I felt, on the one hand, I felt completely powerful toward these people. Meaning, I have no reason to assume anything about them. I, I, I know nothing about these people. Just complete, and that was interesting, because usually we feel things about other people. And over here, it was just letting people be. Here's a person, he walked by. Here's another person, he walked by. It was an interesting thing, just reflecting on this individual, a huge universe. And then the second thought that occurred to me is that each and every one of these people in their own minds have all of these self-perceptions about themselves that no one else has. <laughs> which is tragically bizarre because each of these people is walking down the street. I saw a person walking, he was holding himself in a certain way. Who knows who he is? Maybe he, I, I don't know who he is. But to me, I, I just don't know enough about him for that to have any impression on me. To me, he's a person. And there's more to be said about that, but that's an interesting thought as well. But then I had a third thought. Mamish in this order I had a third thought that if Rabbi Nachman of Breslov were to pass me by in the street, I had, I'd have no idea who he was. I'd have no idea. I hope, I would hope that my neshama, like Yaakov Avinu, would jump out of the womb. Like I would hope that my neshama would pop out of my chest, you know. But maybe every person walking by us in the street is a little Rabbi Nachman. And we'd never know. We'd never know. And so then my power of feeling started to flip around. And I started to look at every person, Mamish, as this life-changing chiddish. Because every person is. Every person is a life-changing chiddish. And so Rabbi Nachman wants us to look beyond the surface. And so Mamish, in his time, this was the reality. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew what this person was, what this neshama was. We're still trying to figure it out. Rabbi Nachman went on purpose and tried to conceal it. He says, Rabbi Nachman, in the beginning, in the days of his youth, he would take a dollar, change it into quarters. He would take the quarters, change them into dimes. Take the dimes, change them into nickels. Nickels into pennies. He would sneak into the base managers as a child. And he would take the sefer, a collection of different filas called Sharitzian. He would say the whole Hashem Yichud that a person says before doing a mitzvah. All the passion and excitement and the Yichudim and the Kavanas. He would take a penny, or the equivalent in Russia, Ukraine. And he would put it in the, the, the tzedakah, the hidden place where nobody sees who's giving, just in the basket. It would wait a minute. He would just pretend like he 
was busying himself with something else, he'd walk around, look around, think about something. And then he would go back and say to L'shem Yichud again. With all the fire and all the passion. He would take another penny and put it inside the Matam B'Seser. The Tzedakah box. And then he would distract himself. And he would put another penny in. And this is what he would do many times. Until he had given all the pennies. And before each and every tiny penny, it was nothing, tiny penny, he would say it with Kavana. And he would give it Benediva's slave. So in walks, this is not part of the story, but, par- but theoretically, right? Imagine, in walks this huge, huge donor who runs an exceedingly complicated business. And he's writing out gigantic checks to this one and that one. He has his name all over on different buildings and different institutions. And he walks over and he sees this little kid giving a penny and then, and then distracting himself, coming back, giving another penny and then another penny. What's it worth? What's it worth? Shtuyot. Bunch of pennies. It's nothing. But he, what do you mean? He's writing out gigantic checks. And he's taking care of things and budgets and hearing problems and inyanim and politics and this and that. He has his name on a building. Rabbi Nachman said, Rabbi Nachman said, all I want is simplicity. Rabbi Nachman said, all HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants is a penny with kavana, And not a gigantic check that comes from gaiva. That comes from sophistication. Tmima subshitas. Looks like it's nothing. But it's the opposite of klum. Because klum is chachmas. And the opposite of klum, the opposite of klum is tmima subshitas. How many of us ever thought of doing such a thing? We dream of finishing shas. And we dream of big, big projects and big things and Kabbalah and, and Yehudim and Kavanas and Kabbalistic intentions. How many of us took a half hour, changed some money in the bank, shkalim, go into a shul nobody will know. Nobody sees you. It's the middle of the day. The shul is locked. You know the code. You go in. The lights are off. You turn one little light on in the back corner and you sit with a tzedakah box. And with kavana you give shekel after shekel after shekel after shekel. It's not very glamorous. Our society, from society, doesn't really respect such a thing. But when the question becomes what HaKadosh Baruch Hu intended when he brought the Jewish soul into the world and fragmented it into men and women for thousands of years to accomplish a mission, to do something for him, what did he have in mind? And the answer that he had in mind is that he wanted to develop simple Jews. Of course, this doesn't mean that simple Jews can't write a big check or have a name on a building. Doesn't doesn't mean that. But it means that the center point of what it is that we're trying to accomplish is not the societally impressive result. But it's the means with which that end is reached. 
and the nature of that means and the feeling of that means. What is it that Hashem wants from us? And the answer is our lave. Nothing fancy. And then you draw it all down to the heart. Rabbi Nachman just wanted on a very simple level to do many mitzvahs. All he wanted to do is to do one mitzvah and another mitzvah and another mitzvah. He wanted out of his passion, out of his love, out of his tnimus, which means wholeness, out of his complete presence in the act, without any ulterior motives about what other people are thinking and about and about what's impressive, what's going to make him feel good. None of that. Just because his lave was on fire. And so he was present. This wasn't an action to go ahead and, and, uh, and fulfill an obligation because it wasn't an obligation. Like it says by the Mishkan. Rabbi Nachman had a heart that was on fire with Ratzon. To bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu's goodness into the world. And that's all he knew. And so here he goes, doing mitzvahs harbe to express his holistic presence in authentic service and love. Herman Achman later on in life would engage in simple actions without any sophistication. Nothing fancy. And this wasn't a person even of average intelligence who set that aside in favor of simplicity. This was a genius of phenomenally incredible proportions. Genius upon genius upon genius. Even as a child, everybody knew. Even as a child, to those who weren't fooled by the shenanigans, who, who looked beyond a genius. When it came to his avoida, he didn't use any of that brain power. Because the brain is not as important as the heart in Avodah Hashem. Sometimes people advance in their Yiddishkeit to the point that they begin considering the word Kavana to imply some very deep technical Kabbalistic meditation. And while it is true, of course, that in the Siddur, you know, the Siddur of the Rashash, right, and Kavanasari and Ramchal and so on and so forth, they, they do exist, these very, very deep technical contemplations with regard to what the words mean and what the mitzvahs are and what we're doing when we're doing the mitzvahs and so on and so forth. At the very, very same time, we have to understand that kavana all the time still means what we only ever thought it meant, which is far more heart-centric than mind-centric. And the minute that those Kabbalistic intentions start to detract from the simple kavana of lave, which means 
I want to be doing this. And I want that my doing this should serve as a means toward the end of bonding my soul with my source. And a little bit making the window that divides between myself and HaKadosh Baruch Hu a little bit less cloudy so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light can continue to shine through into my life and through my life to the world. If it's detached from that simple Kavanah Salev, then all the Kabbalistic Chachmas is nothing. It's nothing. Because this is not some sort of computer programming game. Yiddishkeit is all about the heart and the soul. Of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to express that heart and soul in uvdois maisius, like we always speak about, in practical actions. Hashem wants that we should go ahead and do things. And it's not enough just to sit in bed and say, oh, yoytzezan, because Rabbanu Shalom, you know that I really want to put on tefillin. Like we always say, it. that's shtiyot. Of course, Hashem wants that we should express that in, my, in maisim. And that's actually the way that we know that we desired to the extent that was obligated upon us because we went and did a Misa, like we always say. But at the same time, not to, not to lose focus, to remember, to remember Mamish, what it's all about. And so Kavanas Halev means just that. Kavanas Halev. Tmimus. All of me is here. All of me is here. Not some of me is here and some of me is thinking about what the guy sitting next to me is going to say or what, what, what he's going to think or how much schar I'm going to get. All of me is in this Misa. That's Tmimus, Tam. That's what it means, authenticity, sincerity. He would do all the simple things that, you, that, that, that anybody can ever hear about. He would just learn a lot. What to learn, when to learn, how to learn. And he would do as many mitzvahs as he possibly could. Then he would daven a lot and say lots of tehillim. Then he would speak to Hashem in his own words a lot. Is there anything simpler than that? Is there anything less impressive than that? Okay, to Breslover, that's, that's an impressive thing. But to the rest of the world, is there anything less impressive than speaking to Hashem in your own words? People look at you like you're crazy. Like your mom is crazy. There's nothing less impressive than that. Nobody's going to pat you on the back and give you, a, give you a medal or give you some sort of star. There's nothing less impressive. But these avoidas pshutas that are of course wrapped up in Torah, avoida gemilas chasadim, he would learn a lot. He would do lots of mitzvahs, chesed. And he would daven a lot. V'zehoya ikr chachmosay hagadoyla. Listen to this. Not only was Rabbi Nachman able to set his wisdom aside and then be simple, Says Rabbi Nassim, no. This was the Omek of Rabbi Nachman's Chachma. Because Rabbi Nachman came to a place, after all of, the, of, of what his intellect enabled him to attain, attain, Rabbi Nachman reached the understanding that transcends all of the Chachamim, 
that the greatest Chachma in the world is Tmima Subshitas. And that's a different thing. I'll say that again. We can read this as if Rabbi Nachman was a very, very big genius. But when it came time to going ahead and giving tzedakah, he sort of set that aside. He shut off his brain, turned on his heart, and just gave tzedakah mamish betmimus like a little child. When he was a little child and even as an adult, and he was never that old. He left the world at 39 years old. We should all live long and happy till 120. That's not what we're saying. Instead, says Rav Nassim, his tmimus upshitas was the pinnacle of his genius. Because after all of the genius, and after all of the sophisticated philosophy, Rabbi Nachman came to the deep-seated and overarching awareness that the most important thing was the lave. And his chachma enabled him to focus on that first and foremost. We'll read this line again. This was Rabbi Nachman's great genius, that he acted like a child. This was his great genius. And people on the outside looked at it and they thought it was foolish. But what they didn't understand is that this was a level of wisdom that transcended their wisdom system's ability to grasp. And so to them, it looked foolish. Not because it was sub their wisdom, but because it transcended it. And they didn't have Kalim to understand the depth of the genius of Tmima Subshitas. Something else. Something else. Because of the incredible depth of Rabbi Nachman's intellect and wisdom, Rabbi Nachman managed at a very early young age to this pinnacle of wisdom, which is, Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time with cheshbonus. I once heard a beautiful, beautiful encapsulation of what Rabbi Nachman of Breslov did for the world from Ephraim Kenig, Shlita, who now runs the Breslov community in Svas. And he said, we sent this out with LPI, I think it was two, two years ago, on Rabbi Nachman's yard site. She'll send it out again. He said, Rabbi Nachman came to the world to tell you that you are going to live 70, 80, 90, 100, 120 years in this world. He says, why should you wait until you get into the latter part of your life to start figuring out a little bit how the world works so that at that point you start to really live having made, stumbled and made so many mistakes until that point and then by that time you already wasted the majority of your life and so a little bit it's, it's, it's fallen already. So he says, Rabbi Nachman came to the world to whisper into our ears, let me teach you how to live Meirosh so you avoid all of that Shtuyot that right now you think is going to be super important. You're going to think is super important, but you'll come around anyway realizing that you wasted all your time. So why waste that time? Rabbi Nachman says, I'll give you the wisdom of the Zakin the Kedusha. I'll give you the wisdom of a person who young in years was filled with a wisdom that transcended lifetimes of experience. Lifetimes. Age is, is no, 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 no matter. Age is no matter. Not when you're speaking about a tzaddik like, like 
Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Shabbat Nachman says he's the Zakin de Kedusha. He says, I'm going to give you good advice. Like we spoke about, Rabbi Nachman here is speaking like our grandfather. I'm just giving over what he learned along the journey. But the Sadiq says, let me give it to you early on. If we're Zoich in our lives to, 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 to discover Rabbi Nachman early on. And whenever we discover Rabbi Nachman, it's early on. Because the Rebbe always, it's a reset. And he, he starts you from fresh, from scratch. And that's exactly what the Rebbe says over here. You think right now that it's very important that your Avodah Hashem becomes filled with incredible sophistication and considerations and chachmas and chumras and this and that and the other thing and shtuyot. Mama shtuyot. Says Rabbi Nachman, why should you do that for 40, 50 years until you're in your 60s, 70s and then look back and say, you know something? What, what did I do? None of that mattered. What this one thought and what that one said and what this school is and what that what, and what this you know social status is going to be. All that really mattered was the lave in the first place. Now I ask you, what's a bigger chachma? What's a bigger chachma? The person who has all the chachmas in the world and is going to suffer that way when he discovers that it was really time wasted because it wasn't some zach, it wasn't, wasn't the essence of why he was sent to this world. Or the person who may rosh has the clarity to be able to look us in the face and say, avoid it all. Look simple, far deeper, far bigger chachma. Look simple, because that's what it is. It's t'mima subshitas. But it's the biggest chachma in the world because it enables us to avoid so many pitfalls that we would fall into. When we make that which is not the main thing, the main thing. Because this is the deepest, deepest, deepest Chachma of all. Not to complicate your service of God with considerations that are bound to the societal nature of what this thing called the Yiddishkeit is. Not to fall into that trap. Avoid it. Avoid it. The main thing is the MS. The main thing is simple avoidance. They don't look important. They don't look impressive. You do you. That's the main thing. The main thing is not being the best guy in the shir and coming up with all sorts of chashboinahs. How are you going to look in the mafteach svarim so that you can ask the best kasha and then pretend like you had the kasha. People do these things. With all these chachmas, Rabbi Nachman says, Tyre, Azisa, Kind, Shtuyot. You think you're the big chacham. And here comes this fool telling you, give penny after penny into a tzedakah box in the middle of a day in a, sh in a dark shul when nobody will ever know anything. And you think I'm the shaita. Trust me. Shtuyot. Go at your own pace. Learn what sets your heart on fire. Other people don't value it. Ma lecha. What do you care? Tmimus and pshitas. You found a derech that works for you. Hold on to it with both of your hands and proceed. You have big sophisticated philosophical, existential questions. Seek answers, but in the meantime, don't stop davening. 
<coughs> Excuse me. In the meantime, don't stop Chumash Rashi. In the meantime, don't stop speaking to Hashem on the street. Don't overthink. Don't overcomplicate. Life is too short. Life is too short. And to make sure that everything is bound back with this It's the deepest wisdom in the world. And Breslov, if nothing else, is bound up with this Chiddush of Tmimus Emshitas. Because many Hasidism had many of the things that Breslov has. Deep, deep Torah ideas. Incredibly, incredibly, incredible Eitzahs and so on and so forth. Tmimus Emshitas is something that's unique to Breslov. The focus, the way that this spirit permeates everything. This alone is the identifying characteristic of a Breslov Rechasev. Tmimus This is how you can, you can tell. If a person has this way, this simple, simple way, even in their dress, the Breslovers are wearing like these little, little hats, a little bent sometimes, nothing fancy. The old wrestlers used to wear strimals that were very, very thin and very close to the head, not these huge, like, crowns. I don't know how they walk around balancing on their heads 10 feet up, like a 10-gallon strimal. I don't understand it. The wrestlers went, Mamish, what is that? That's Chachmas, Bavaris Hashem. What do you mean? A strimal? Messiah? You could also wear a strimal, and it could be a, a small, little, humble strimal that sits a little bit on your head. And accomplishes its purpose, whatever that is, Baruch Nisavagashmias. Breslovers is Tvimus and Pshitas. Simple. Everything's simple. But simplicity is not simple. Because it's Novea from the deepest, deepest Amkus of life. And I hope that I'm communicating this well, because it's very difficult to put into words. Let's try to allow Rabbi Nachman to do more of the talking and maybe he'll clarify a little bit further. So let's take a look at Lukutum Rantanyana Mendalid 44. And the Tzaddik says over here, This is an incredible, incredible rule and foundation and principle in Avadis Hashem. Here he adds another word, Yashar, straight. Which again means simple, without ulterior motives and without other considerations and calculations, just what my neshama needs to do in this moment for Hashem. That's it. That's it. Without any cheshboinus. Liestam v'yashar. Straight, like an arrow, to the tachlis, without any stops along the way. Lavoid oiso yizbarach betmimus v'lishim chachmus v'chakiris klal klal oi. Without any kinds of chakiras, philosophical speculations, none of it. Not because we're worried, who knows, maybe it's going to make you into a heretic. No, because simply it's a waste of time. That's why. Because it's simply, it's not, it's not why you came to this world. Why you came to this world is that Moshe Rabbeinu begins the Torah with Barashas Barlikim S. Hashemayim Esa'aretz, without any philosophical proofs as to why I should even value this document in the first place. 
We have a mission in this world and every second is of the essence. Like we always talk about using our time properly. To be machshiv our time. To value our time. To value ourselves. And to value this that HaKadosh Baruch who valued us enough to bring us into the world for a very, very specific purpose. To do something in this world. Like we always speak about. Rabbi Nachman says, even Chachmas within serving God alone, or itself rather, a person needs to distance himself. All of these kinds of calculations that a person begins to make when he starts to serve Hashem, which means to say, not just you know, Bali Tshuva means people, we want to be Bali Tshuva. All of us want to be Bali Tshuva. Halavai. Right? But all of us in our trying to engage in Yiddishkeit on a deeper level, all of a sudden we're hit with all sorts of calculations because the horizons become wider, broader than they previously were. And we become aware of so much that there is to do and so much, you know, so, so much to learn and so many mitzvahs and so many different areas of Torah and as Allah and, 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 and mitzvahs and, and minhagim and this and that and so much to do. It could be completely and entirely overwhelming. And that's where we start to be machria. We start to make our decisions oftentimes based on considerations that aren't. The tachlis, that aren't the tachlis of being able to serve Hashem b'simcha, of being able to set my soul free and for it to rejoice in the service of Hashem. We become bogged down by societal considerations, institutional considerations, what the norms are, what the standard is, what the boxes are that we unfortunately need to exist within. And Rabbi Nachman says all of these kinds of chachmas that you think is part and parcel of your Yavad Hashem, of course, because it relates to what you're going to learn and it relates to what minig you're going to keep and it relates to how you're going to A, B, C, D. Einum chachmas klal. Those are not chachmas. They're not only, they're not chachmas, they're dimyoynas, they're delusions. Ushtusim and their foolishness, folly. And tremendous, tremendous confusions. And with time, and you do find this, unfortunately, with time, more often than not, all of these kinds of sophistications, when we could have just put all of that aside and opened up a Tehillim and been happy with that, and say a Pasuk and feel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves every word that comes out of my mouth. He's kissing it and there's no better usage of my time. And I don't need to be stressed out because I really should be doing this. And I could have been doing that. And, and, and look, and this one is doing that. And all of them are doing the other thing. But just mom, is just to do what I need to do in this moment. Without any overthinking or sophistication, beating ourselves up, etc., etc. Just to serve Hashem. Tmim subshitas quickly, with alacrity, with zrizos, and with simcha. If we're not doing that, then the chachmas oftentimes bring a person down. The Hainu, when he gives a specific example, It's like a little bit of a rhyme over here. 
This that a person is thinking and and uh, and and analyzing and being overly particular with regard to whether or not he was yotze, for example. That could be a big chachma. Person looks learns through the sugya of matzah. You ever, you ever see these people with the shiurim? Everything becomes a whole balagan with the measuring and they're not sure. And maybe they have to eat another box of matzah because maybe that wasn't a shir and so on and so forth. And before you knew it, you destroyed your own Pesach experience. You, you made everybody crazy at the table and you're busy newing this one and shushing that one. And, and he didn't eat the shir. And how could it be that he's sitting by my table and he, he doesn't know, you know, etc. to all these shtuyot. And you thought that that was a big chachman here, but it's Hashem. Rebbe Nachman says, leave, leave it. Do the best that you can with a whole heart, with a heart full of cheshek. Be mekayim halacha. We're not saying do whatever you want to be happy with that. There are minimum requirements and a maximum requirement. Be aware of what those things are. But realize, says Rebbein it's impossible for you to do it perfectly. And Hashem never expected you to do it perfectly. Hashem wants us to genuinely try as best as we can to do things in a mahudar way. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not intend for us to drive ourselves crazy, drive our spouses crazy, and oftentimes drive our children crazy, which more often than not has the exact opposite of the intended effect of pushing them away, even though all we wanted to do was, was draw them close and make sure that they're doing the right thing, because isn't that our responsibility as parents? And more often than not, crazily enough, it's the parents that do that that end up over-pressuring their kids and, 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 and making their kids resent Yiddishkeit. Whereas if they would have taken two steps back and lost some of the battles for the sake of the war, things could have been very different. But they were too big chachamim to do that because they were big chachamim and that takes a lot of tmimas that takes a lot of letting go that takes a lot of tmimas upshitas and that's a hard thing for people to do understandably it's a hard thing to do but we have to remind ourselves that Hashem doesn't intend to drive his creatures crazy that's like Amara says Hashem doesn't come to torment us that's not his intention and the Torah, as Chazal tell us in Kedushin, was not given to angels. Rabbi Nachman says something very sharp, very sharp, very, very sharp here. About these kinds of people that are engaging in an unhealthy way. And sometimes Yiddishkeit itself, by the way, could become a means for some of our most unhealthy tendencies to find expression. People have you know, OCD kinds of uh, tendencies, anxiety, etc., etc. That itself could become mamish within Avodah Hashem. Those things could flourish. And it has nothing to do with Avodah Hashem at all. Never did, never will. Something completely different. And it's Nebuch. But teachings like this help us avoid that me'ikara because they don't let us turn Yiddishkeit into our own mishigas. Because Yiddishkeit becomes a safe haven for people with tendencies like that, not a place for those tendencies to intensify. 
That only happens when Yiddishkeit is given over in an unhealthy way. But if Yiddishkeit is given over with these healthy parameters, again, Tarun and Aleph was told, or Sichon and Aleph, rather, is told over when? Shvuas night. It's the vessel for the Torah. It's the healthy foundation for a Torah to flourish instead of to rot and to cause us to rot away. Like the Gemara says, These teachings help us engage with Torah in a healthy way. And so when we have these premises and we shift our perspective with regard to what Yiddishkeit is in the first place, then it becomes far less likely for our Yiddishkeit to become mamish, what Rabbi Nachman describes here as terribly a form of death. I think we've learned this in the past, actually, in this series, maybe in one of the first shiurim. These kinds of people, it would do them good to remember the Pasig and Mayikra, the Chaibahem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants that our Yiddishkeit should be alive, bursting with life. And all that comes along with life, vitality, vibrancy, feeling, simcha. And not to allow Yiddishkeit to become something that's more associated with death. Because these people, says Rabbi Nachman, because they have, they have no life from their Yiddishkeit. What did they think Hashem gave us the Torah for in the first place? It was supposed to fill our lives with sweetness. Not compel us to run out in the street like behemoths laying down on the floor in front of cars and, and, and beating people up. Mamish, an expression of the worst, not just Jewish tendencies, the worst animalistic human tendencies that come out in a way of sewage, mamish. There's no, there's no nicer way that I could say that. Sewage, mamish sewage. Where does that come from? Because we have a complete misconception with regard to what Yiddishkeit is. And what HaKadosh Baruch Hu intended for the Torah to do for us, a total misguided, I don't care how old or how young these people are, Achil Hashem, to this extent, and I, I, I hope that nobody here saw any of those clips or footage from what went on yesterday, or the other day. Hashem Yishmar Aleinu. Hashem Yishmar. We're, we're minutes to Gula, minutes to midnight. And Chever like you and me, I hope that we're making a Tikkun. But sometimes it's important to see a stark contrast. Let me tell you, there, there isn't. A lot of chachmas. There isn't. What, what did Hashem give us the Torah for? To make us neurotic people who who are miserable about life and miserable about everything and looking down on people and allowing Yiddishkeit to bring out the worst in it? Like, what, what was Yiddishkeit given to us for? The hepech, the opposite of that. Mamish, the opposite. The exact opposite. But people like this, says Rabbi Nachman, and it's a nebuch. It's not, it's not, it's a nebuch. They're always sad. They're always sad. Because they're constantly thinking to themselves, maybe according to that shita and according to this opinion and according to this thing, maybe I didn't actually, I wasn't yotze. 
And so they never feel a sense of completion, a sense of feeling. They're not able to have any vitality from a mitzvah. So Rabbi Nachman says, don't be in what's called an oibr chacham. Don't be, there's no real good translation for that in English, overly wise. Too much. Don't overthink things. Because you think that you're a big chacham, chacham, and in the meantime, you completely and entirely subverted the point for which Yiddishkeit was given to you in the first place. With all your chachmas. With all your chachmas, you went so fast with your plane that you overshot the runway. Like, you're not, you're not where you're supposed to be. So you're left with chachmas, but those chachmas are the biggest shtus. And on the flip side, the person who stayed with Tmima Subshitas is the real Chacham. Because that person is manifesting HaKadosh Baruch Hu's vision, which arose in his mind before creation as the premise for existence, Yisrael Allah b'machshavat chila. Yisrael asher b'chayespa'er. Mordechai ha-Yehudi, we're coming up to Purim. Mordechai ha-Yehudi. Without any Chachmas, just to be a Yid, Mordechai's gematria, of course, Rav Chesed. That's what it is to be a Yid. To be filled, filled, filled with goodwill. To be filled with love. To be filled with ideals. To be filled with belief that things could change and that the world can get better. And that Hashem is good. That's Mordechai HaYehudi. It's Rav Chesed. That's what Hashem wanted when He brought Yidin into the world. To be tmimus upshitus. Simple. Not ignorant or foolish. But simplicity as being the crown of our intellect. A result of our intellect. Maybe you can make a diak going back to the words over here. Is that with all the tmimus that Ibn Ahmed wants us to engage with, it needs to be gambit tmimus. Even the first he began with rak tmimus upshitas. But in the context of the possibility of tmimus itself being a result of ignorance, is bliss. And that's not what Ibn Ahmed is suggesting here. The tzaddik says, Gam bitmimus. Our simplicity should be the result of a gam. Should be the result not of a lack of knowledge, but adara. But because of how much we know about Yiddishkeit, we set it aside and we become anshe tamim. And people who are pashat. So gam bitmimus. Why? Because asuliya shaita. That's not the kind of tmimus Rabbi Nachman wanted. Shtus. No, that's not, not what the Rebbe wanted. The Rebbe wanted tmimus, but gambit tmimus. A tmimus that's above. On Purim, our adeloyoda is not that we become so drunk that we're so entirely devoid of knowledge that adeloyoda, or completely. No, mamish in this way, gambit tmimus. Adeloyoda, ad. You transcend, 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 transcend in your dasan purim till the point where as a result of your genius, as a result of your intellect, 
you get to a place of lo yada. Like we learned in the very beginning of this series, tachlis hayidia, said Rabbi Nachman, the pinnacle of knowledge is de lo yada. Is to realize that you don't know. That's, that's the ad lo yada purim. Not mindless stupidity. Asuliya shaita. Tmimus. But gam bitmimus. Tmimus, that's the result of an addition of a great attainment of intellect with regard to what Yiddishkeit is and not getting caught up in the sideshows. And Rabbi Nachman himself was not machmir chumers. Of course, everything was mahadrin, but extra, 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 extra things that he perceived to not necessarily be coming from an authentic place. Rabbi Nachman says, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that people should say, ooh, ah, I don't need that. I need to make sure I'm keeping halacha, making sure that I'm investing my lave into it as much as I can. And that's that. Because if you hear Ibn Ahmed closes with what we mentioned, after all of the wisdom that a person could attain, like we mentioned, even a person who does indeed attain incredible chachma, but after you went ahead and attained all of this intellect and wisdom and you learned all the Kabbalistic intentions, at that point, gam bitmimus. Like a little child with a desire to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to do what he wants and to rejoice in that and to feel fulfilled from that. The Chaybahem looks childish, looks stupid, looks, looks, looks very coarse when held up to the nuanced complexity of the big sophisticated adult, says Rabbi Nachman. This is what Hashem wants. Like we learned. This is the greatest pinnacle of wisdom above all other kinds of wisdom. Not to be wise. So it doesn't mean to set the wisdom aside. Engage with the wisdom. But that needs to bring us into a place of where we let go of the need to be chachamim in our Avodah Hashem and just to do the right thing in a simple way, in a private way, in a quiet way, in a way even sometimes that seems silly, in a little bit of a dance in the middle of a day uh, on, a, on, a, on a regular Monday in March. A little bit to dance or five minutes. Little simple things that won't win you awards I won't get you invited to any siyumim. But you know in your heart of hearts that your neshama is expressing itself authentically. Ki be'emes, says Rebbe Nachman, ain chachm ba'olam klal. With all of your wisdom and all of your intellect, there's no chachma. Because ve'ain chachma ve'ain tfuna negdeiz baruch. Because the Pasuk says that there's no wisdom and intellect klape Hashem. Anything, all of your chashboinus, by Hashem, it's, it's a joke. The whole thing's a joke. Because the main thing is in Yiddishkeit that a Kurdish Baruch Hu wants your heart. That's the main thing. That Hashem wants our authentic presence. Hashem wants our tmimus, our wholeness. Hashem wants us, not our actions. And that's a shift when you think about that. Because I think most of us were brought up thinking Hashem wants our actions. What does Hashem want from us? He wants us to do things. 
And Hasidus came to the world to remind Am Yisrael that the actions that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants of you is a Hecha Timsa for you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you. The way that you express you is in these actions that He loves. In these actions that are going to enhance your life and give you vitality and make you joyous, make you a happy person, make you a passionate, feeling person, make you a person, a breast liver, like we say, a lave busser, a person with a heart of flesh. But it's not about the ritual. It's about a Kodesh Baruch Hu wanting a relationship with you and me. On the one hand, it's Tmimus. But the truth is, this is the deepest, deepest Chachma. And Rabbi Nachman came to the world, and with this will end, Rabbi Nachman came to the world to tell us, why wait? Why waste time? Let me help you avoid it all. Don't spend years of your life living under some imagined construct of what somebody else considered important for you to be doing or not to be doing. Leave it all and follow your lave and follow your nefesh and follow your neshama in a simple way, in a way that fills you with joy, in a way that you feel authentically present without any tiny negia of some ulterior motive. And that's fulfilling the injunction of the Chai Bahem. And Chas V'Shalom that our Yiddishkeit should never become so heavy with our brains that it sags down to the floor and keels us over into an ocean. Sheyamus Bahem. But to allow our lave, you know, when the lave grows very big, it doesn't weigh you down. It lifts you up. When the brain gets very, too big, it weighs you down. But to allow our lave to expand and expand and expand and help us float very lightly with a lot of joy and a lot of feeling toward the infinite embrace of our Father in Heaven, who again doesn't want our actions, but wants us. Shaniska. This is a very, very nuanced, delicate, and deep sugya. Very difficult to put it into words. I hope we did it somewhat justice, but I'm a little bit nervous also. This needs chazara. This needs to be worked through. But I'm telling you, don't be fooled by the simplicity of it because it's not simple. This is not simple. This is a very, very amok. It's very, very deep to me, Masubshitas. It's a deep sugya. Halavai, that not just learning about it, we should be able, I should be able to implement this. And, and, and mamish, we should be able to serve Hashem with, with chiyas, with life, and with joy, and with a sense of satisfaction, fulfillment, and authenticity. B'siyat Rishmaya. Thank you all for joining. I apologize, my voice is not so strong today. And I hope that everybody had the most incredible Shabbos and look forward, Be'ez HaShem, to learning with you on Thursday. B'siyat Rishmaya, with the help of the Master of the World. Thank you so, so much for joining. And mamish ashreinu, mamish ashreinu, to a das like this. It's just, it's such a privilege. This young person, 39 years old, when he left the world, he came to the world as a zakin de kedusha, and he just gives us advice that just helps us jump over hurdles that people double our age are stuck in. Mamish stuck in. Ashreinu, ashreinu. We have to thank Hashem, mamish, every morning. Put it in your brachas. Thank Hashem for this access to these sadikim, to this sadik. What a privilege. Yeah, okay. Bezer Hashem will have an amazing, amazing rest of the week and, and we'll reconnect Bezer Hashem uh, on Thursday. Thank you all for joining. I hope you enjoyed. Cult of all the best. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night.